Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. We're uh, over the next few weeks. We're going to be in the first half of Galatians, Paul's letter to the Christians in a, a town called Galatia. And uh, we're going to be in the first half of chapter 5 in that book over the next three weeks in a series that we're just calling Free. Anybody ever made a, a dumb decision when you're tired? <laughs> Everybody's laughing. So <laughs> in my imagination, I just saw the online chats being lit up with like thumbs up, right? Um, we, we have a propensity as human beings to, I mean, we're all capable of making decisions that we regret later. But there's just something about being tired that somehow makes it easier to make dumb decisions. I know I've done it. Uh, eating junk food late at night, right before bed. Right, you're tired, um, and so we make we make poor decisions when we're tired. Binge watching Netflix when we promised ourselves we were going to read a good book by the fire. Um, we've all made decisions when we're physically exhausted that we're like, ah, why did I do that? Scrolling through reels when we were so determined to go for a walk outside and move our body and get some fresh air. Uh, we, we make silly decisions when we're tired. How about this one? Getting drunk or high to settle ourselves down when we promised ourselves that opening our Bible was going to be our new rhythm. Why? Because we all, all of us, every single person, we make, we make foolish decisions when we're tired. Leveraging pornography as a practice to unwind, even though we know that it's a drug that's destructive and, and debilitating. And this is something, as a pastor, as I've done life with youth and young adults over years, over the last 25 years, I always ask, like, time frame. And, and for most people that struggle with pornography, it's always like when I'm really, really tired, that's when I slip up. Why? Because we all make dumb decisions when we're tired. We all do it. We've all made decisions in a moment that we regret later because we were exhausted. And there's a theme right now in the world. And we're, it's coming up in, in, with our friends, with our family, with other pastors that we are in great relationship with, with, with our own community. There's a theme right now in the world, and it's kind of this. You know, in March, restrictions lifted. COVID was over. We had our freedom back. Why don't I feel free? As a matter of fact, I've, I maybe feel more exhausted, more weary, more tired than I've felt over the last two years. And this is coming up for people everywhere in the marketplace. It's coming up everywhere we go right now, the weariness we're all feeling. Anybody watching online or anybody in the room here just like, I'm, I'm just really tired. I'm just really tired. Newsflash, we make poor decisions when we're tired. Did you know that COVID fatigue has its own Wikipedia page now? That phrase, COVID fatigue, it, it, it's it's earned a place in the annals of Wikipedia. COVID fatigue is the state of being worn out about the precautionary measures and the threat of COVID-19. 
Anxiety from the threat of losing economic security or catching the disease both play a part in the feeling of fatigue in people. It's caused people to not follow guidelines, increasing their risk of catching this virus. Many people are tired of the lockdowns, not having normal routine. Higher levels of alcohol and drug use also contribute to this feeling of tiredness. Straight from Wikipedia. And now we're through it. And I think, I know for some people, there's like, even just like a collective sigh of disappointment. I thought I'd feel better. I thought I'd be okay. I don't have to wear a mask anymore. I don't have to, you know, show a piece of ID or, or I can go to eat in a restaurant. People, people are like, I thought I'd feel better, but I don't. I'm really, really weary. And I believe this collective weariness has deeply impacted many people's hearts, their spiritual condition, the state of their soul, how they and Jesus are doing right now. It's not that we don't believe in the full, powerful, redemptive work of a fully risen Savior. It's just that we thought we'd feel better and have more pep in our step after restrictions lifted, and, and we just don't. Humanity's just really quite exhausted right now. And as I was reflecting on that, I just know people, people, humans make dumb decisions when they're tired. Galatians 5 verse 1, in the English Standard Version, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Somebody online just typed the words amen in uppercase letters in the chats. I could see it. Somebody just got fired up. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Eugene Peterson's unpacking of that in, in the English language, in the message translation, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. How free are you? How free do you feel right now? How free is your heart? How free is your spiritual condition in your walk with Jesus? Because we're all tired and because we all make dumb decisions when we're tired, we have to use wisdom to, as the Bible says, stand therefore. Stand therefore in our homes. Stand therefore in our spiritual journey. Stand therefore in our marriages. Stand therefore in our public life. Stand, therefore, in our private life. Stand, therefore, and not submit again to a harness of slavery. So Paul's writing to a group of churches in a city called Galatia. And this is a very, very non-Jewish city where a lot of people have said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus as my Messiah. And to put things into context, uh, Paul writes this letter with, with a deep sense of both frustration and passion. He's frustrated and he's super fired up. And we can read about Paul's trips to this area in the book of Acts, but I'm going to be reading from the letter he wrote to these people. There were many, many Jews who came to Galatia to see these new Christians. And they began to say, as Jewish people, you have to do these things in order to be fully renewed by Jesus. And the big issue was circumcision. We're going to read about it in Galatians 5. I'm going to unpack that a little bit next week. Okay, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some object lessons. I need a few volunteers, guys. 
Um, but that's next week, okay? That's next week. But uh, so <laughs> there were many Jews who came to see these new male non-Jewish Christians in Galatia and demanded that they follow the Jewish Torah to the letter of the law or else they weren't good enough Christians. Circumcision was the big one, but um, Paul teaches in this letter to the Christians in Galatia that it's only through our faith in the grace of Jesus that people are made right with God. It's only because of Jesus that we truly walk free. And when we trust in Jesus, his work becomes ours. Jesus' work becomes ours through faith. And so Galatians chapter 5, verses uh, 1 through 15, from the NLT, you can follow along on the screen if you'd like. Here's what it says. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen. I, Paul, tell you this, if you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith for the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What's important is, if you're a note taker, write this down. What's important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. And I think, I love that Paul writing this in context years ago, that what I just read, it it actually hits Edmonton on May 15th, 2022. It smacks hard, because a lot of people are blaming their spiritual condition on, on lies that they've believed about God the Father. And they're blaming God for feeling stuck. And they're blaming God for feeling broken. And they're blaming God for feeling unfree. We who live by the Spirit, wait. You were running so well. Who has held you back? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching's like a little bit of yeast that spreads throughout the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever they are, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish these troublemakers who want you to mutilate yourselves by circumcision would mutilate themselves. He's fired up here, all right? This is like, yeah, we don't need an object lesson. Our imaginations are good enough. But here's the kicker, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying. 
So here's this frustrated and passionate letter from Paul. And we want to talk about it. We want to pull that into today. Let's talk about being free. What does it mean to be free? If Jesus paid for our freedom, if in Jesus we get to experience freedom, let's talk about that freedom and let's talk about staying free. There's much, much ado about freedom in the nation of Canada this year. Has anybody seen the word freedom plastered across popular culture and news media and trucks? Have you, have you heard the word freedom echoed in the nation of Canada this week? I find it interesting that we've gone through this collective, like, defiance, and, and yet people still don't feel free. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we've heard about that again. We learned about it in school years ago, but it's, a lot of people have been talking about our freedom of, of conscience and religion, our freedom of thought. Freedom of peaceful assembly, freedom of association. And yet division and divide and disunity in our country, in our provinces, in our cities, in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages, in our churches, fighting over what freedom really means. And, and, and this isn't a pushback against that cultural thing. It's, it's just an observation that we've been talking about freedom a lot. And most people on planet Earth right now don't feel very free. Most people attached to Jesus' kingdom are feeling stuck. A piece of their life that just feels stuck. All this conflict over freedom, have it, has it moved us closer together? This freedom conversation that Canada's been on, has, has it moved human beings closer together? Has it brought honor to the name of Jesus? Has it softened our hearts and brought us peace? Has it grown our capacity to love our neighbors better? I want you to think about that. I want you to answer these questions in your own heart. I don't need you to type an answer into the chats or say anything out loud. I just want you to think. We've been talking about freedom as a country. Has it moved us? Has it moved humanity in our, in our nation closer together? Has it brought our hearts peace? Has it softened our hearts has it grown our capacity to love our neighbor better? Has it increased our stewardship of the mission of Jesus to go out and make disciples? And as I wrote those questions, I answered each one of them, no. No, I don't think it has. I, I haven't seen the conversations about freedom in Canada move Canadians closer together. I haven't seen it really mobilize the church to... I've seen it divide. I've seen it create tension. And yet Jesus still says, it is for freedom that I've made you free. I've called you to live a free life. John Mark Comer in his book, Live No Lies, says this, and yet something about this freedom seems to have gone awry. Systemic racism is the most evocative example, but there are so many more. Addiction in our nation is widespread. Compulsive shopping, debt, financial fraud, obesity, alcoholism, environmental damage. Anything that requires long-term fidelity is currently in decline. Marriage, two-parent families, and so on. And if we're fighting about freedom, and yet this is the world we live in, how free are we? And as Jesus followers, can we pause over the next few weeks and really invite the Spirit to open up our hearts and our lives 
So the rhythm and the grace that is the freedom we can only find in Christ. How could all of these things happen in a nation that values and champions freedom? I want my freedom. You can't take away my freedom. I have a right to my freedom. I've read statements like that repeatedly over the last few years. And therein lies the problem. You think freedom's about you. I think freedom's about me. Jesus has another thing to say. In June of 2021, Billie Eilish appeared on the cover of Vogue magazine wearing a corset. And it was quite controversial. Because a corset in our culture doesn't represent freedom for women. It represents misogyny and old thinking. And so she came under backlash for, for appearing in this outfit on the cover of a magazine. And she was interviewed by Vogue for all this public backlash. And, and here's what she said. My thing, quoting Billie Eilish, my thing is that I can do whatever I want. It's all about what makes you feel good. Do you know that that's the world's definition of freedom? Do you know that that's what our kids are being discipled in and our young people and us as adults are being discipled in? We're being discipled to believe that to be free means I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want, as long as it makes me feel good. Then I'm free. And so if that's the definition of freedom, then I look back over the last couple of years and go, okay, I, that makes sense. If being free means you get to do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it, as long as it makes you feel good, then I would say we're not very free. But that's not the definition of freedom that Jesus offers up. It's just the definition of freedom that the enemy has used to twist and divide and conquer and taint and, yeah. And, and this, is not a new, this is not a new problem. Years ago, 135 AD, a Greek Stoic philosopher by the name of Epictetus, he said this. Is freedom anything else than the right to live as we wish? Nothing else. So this is not a modern thing. It's just been spotlighted over the last two years as the world collectively has gone through this pandemic together. But this is not a new human problem. This has been a tension at the core of humanity since Jesus first said, it's for freedom that I've made you free. This weekend, we were at West Edmonton Mall good times. How many of you love a good West Ed hangout? And uh, it's funny, I, I met uh, two families in the mall as we were just walking around that were from out of town. And one from, actually both from Ontario. And they were like, oh, you live here? We, we didn't think people that lived in Edmonton went to West Edmonton Mall. And, and uh, truthfully, we were hanging out with a, a family from Calgary. They wanted to go to the mall. So uh, we, were, uh, we were looking at sneakers in this, in this store called AB & Co., and uh, I got chatting um, with one of the, actually a few of the sales guys. It was, it was a lot of fun. But this, this young guy, and I just want you to know, after our conversation, I asked him for permission to quote him at church on Sunday. And he said yes. So um, at AB and Co., uh, this, this young man named John, he walks up to me. And he says, excuse me, sir, is there anything I can help you with? And, and being me, I was like, actually, yes, there is something I need help with. He said, what? I'm like, I'm struggling to know, what's the meaning of life? (laughs) 
And, and if you're new in the room or watching online and you haven't spent any amount of time with Pastor Jonna, you know that like breaking social norms is one of my favorite things. And messing with people in public places that I may never see again is literally one of my raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. So John, taken aback, hardly hesitates. And the next words, I wrote them down immediately in my phone. I didn't plan this. This was this, was this weekend. I, my message was written. John at AB Co., do you need help with anything? Jono, yes, I'm hoping you can tell me the meaning of life. John, it's your life. Just live it however you want. He didn't even hesitate. It's your life, man. Just live it however you want. And we talked about this, four of the clerks and I. The rest, the rest of the crew, they'd already left the store. I'm hanging out, just chatting about the meaning of life. And freedom in our nation, in our lifetime has been cheaply and irresponsibly diminished to a generation believing that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. I had a good friend, family that lives in Calgary, and over the last two years, they were talking a lot about freedom. They moved to another country because of this, and they lasted two months and then came back because we think freedom is somewhere else because we think freedom is our ability to do whatever we want whenever we want to do it. But Jesus has another thing to say. And this picture of freedom in the world that we live in has most certainly bled into our worth and our values as Jesus followers, despite the fact that this is not even remotely close to how Scripture calls us to freedom in Jesus. Galatians 5, verse 1, verse 7 and 8, verse 13 so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You were running so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And so today's big question we're all tired, we all make bad decisions when we're tired, but has the weariness and the tiredness and the fatigue that we're all experiencing caused us to forget that Jesus makes us truly free? It is absolutely clear that God has called you to live a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do, and then destroy your freedom. Well, that's different. The world says to be free is to do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it, as long as it makes me feel good. And Jesus says, don't abuse your freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want to, because that's actually how you destroy your freedom. Very different. Shakespeare, this above all, to thine own self be true. This is not a new problem in the world. In his writing, Uh, I forget, that's in Hamlet, that's where it is, sorry. <laughs> I was looking for it. In his, in his, in his book, Hamlet, this, this well-known quote, this above all, to thine own self be true. Do you remember who said that in Hamlet? Polonius, the fool. <laughs> and yet we quote it. 
like it's gospel. Following in the way of Jesus says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. To be truly free is to allow the work of the Spirit to cause us to see others, to notice others, and to serve them well. And the freedom in the world has us looking inward at our own desires and our own lack and our own needs and our own rights and our own privileges. And Jesus says, it's not about you, sucker. Real freedom is how we, in love, motivated by the Spirit, love and serve other people. Jesus, John 15, 13 says, this is my command, love one another the way I love you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. The NLT simply says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's a beautiful definition of agape love. Because when we take advantage of freedom and use it to serve ourselves, we destroy the outworking of the love of Christ intended in this no greater love than, than I lay down myself. When we use our freedom to serve our own needs and our own capacities and our own wants and desires, it actually diminishes, holds back the work of the Spirit to cause us to be a people of agape love. Agape love defined by Comer as to will someone else's good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to yourself. And what if we as people of faith, people in process, learning what does it mean for me to trust and follow Jesus said, I choose to stay free by willing others good ahead of my own, no matter the cost to me. Perhaps you and I living in the freedom of Christ means that we're more committed to the outworking of agape love in service to others instead of thinking that to be free is to satisfy ourselves, our own wants and needs and rights and privileges. There's tension there. And we hear it quickly and clearly on the streets of our own city through the mouth of John at AB Co. I shared with him Jesus' definition of freedom in that store. And he went, I might have to listen to that sermon. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus compels our hearts to be different. And if all we've known is that freedom means I get to do whatever I want whenever I want to, and Jesus says, I've called you to live differently, that's attractive to people. Because being selfish is exhausting. Galatians 5.13, you've been called to live in freedom. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. To quote Nelson Mandela, For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. And we could see that in his life as he surrendered years to being imprisoned at the cost of other people's freedom. Today's big question, has the weariness and tiredness and fatigue that we're all experiencing caused us to forget that Jesus has made us free? Is for freedom that we have been made free. And the way of Jesus requires us to define freedom in a different way than the culture, the world that we live in. You and I, 
living in the freedom of Christ means that we're more committed to the outworking of agape love by the Holy Spirit in service to others instead of thinking that to be free is to satisfy myself, my own wants and needs and rights and privileges. I want you to know that this isn't this isn't a political message. This, this is not saying that our Canadian rights and freedoms don't matter, because they do. But you and I, following in the way of Jesus, are citizens of heaven before and after we are citizens of Canada. And our provincial and municipal and federal leaders will ebb and flow and change and move from orange to blue to red to green to purple and any new color they add in Canada. But our spiritual condition will always live surrendered and submitted to the same leader year after year after year after year after year after year. We follow Jesus. We follow him, him alone. And from that place, we figure out everything else. We figure out what does it mean for me to be a good steward of my Canadian passport or my Edmonton driver's license. But we live surrendered to him first. And so I have some homework for you. Today's big question is the weariness, the tiredness, the fatigue that we're all experiencing caused us to forget that Jesus made us free I would love for you, if you're a note taker, um, write this down, okay? Would you, would you this week in your quiet time invite the Spirit to help you honestly self-assess? What are you most concerned about right now? What are you most motivated by right now? What are you most pursuing right now? Is it, is it your own needs, wants, rights, privileges? I just want to do what I want when I want to do it because I think it's going to make me feel good. Start with your heart. Start with the relationships that are closest to you. If you're married, that would be your spouse. If you have children, move, move there. Your biological family, maybe you still live in relationship with, with parents as a young adult or siblings as a grown person. Friends, that are close to you, colleagues at work, just begin to, to invite the Spirit to help you. Like, how am I doing? What's my motivation? Father, would you help me turn my love outward in service to others? What's that going to cost me? How can I surrender my own wants, needs, rights, and privilege to you as I live in the freedom that you've provided? To love well is to will someone else's good ahead of my own, no matter the cost to me. And I can see that in the life of Christ and in early church leaders. I can see that all throughout history as people have laid down their lives for the message of Jesus. But our calling and the context for our freedom remains the same. To love neighbor well. To go out and be disciple makers. 
to bring other people into the freedom that we have in Jesus. And so as we start this series, I just kind of wanted to have no fancy points today. This is just an invitation for the Holy Spirit to probe our hearts and, and poke at what do I believe freedom really means? What does it mean for me to live free? And have I, have I made room for freedom to simply be, Jesus changed my life. How can I love and serve others? That's his heart for us to live truly free. We're going to unpack that in the next couple of weeks. But I wanted to just get us going today. Those of you watching online, those of you here in the room, if this has touched a nerve or encouraged you or pulled out, pulled out a thread connected to your heart that you're like, I, I want God to deal with this. If, if you want notes or scriptures or maybe go back and rewatch this message or listen to the podcast later this week. But if, if you have questions, like, come, come talk. Book a coffee. I would love to just continue this in your small group this week, sharing a meal with friends. Bring it up. Talk about freedom. As we wrestle through, the world says this, but the way of Jesus looks very different. Can we be a people committed to living free in Christ? The freedom that Jesus has set us free for. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. And we thank you that it is for freedom that you and you alone have made us free. What a gift. I mean, just acknowledge that your spirit in the room in such a gentle and kind way is inviting each one of us to be a good steward of our freedom this week. Not using our freedom to satisfy our sinful nature, but using our freedom to serve each other, serve one another in love. That's our desire. That's our, that's our benchmark. That's what Jesus invites us into. To be free is to live our lives in such a way that it allows your spirit to pour out with real love, agape love, in the servitude of other people. That's, that's who we want to be. And so we just invite you to speak to our hearts to help us move forward in this. As we continue over the next couple of weeks in Galatians 5 to, to talk about what, it, what does it mean to stay free and not slide back to the yoke of slavery, other people's expectations. We just want to make room for you as we choose to be a people that stay free in Jesus. We ask in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit EvolveChurch.com. We hope to see you soon.